Hello All Nations Church and welcome to the first episode of the All Nations Together podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking to my dad uh, a little bit about his faith, about his journey to faith and uh, a little bit out about his life as well. So dad, first of all, thanks for being here. It's a pleasure Josh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no, we appreciate you being here on the first podcast. So first things first, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, I'm the youngest of six kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad came over from India uh, in the 50s. Uh, he came over um, and left his wife and two oldest daughters there. He was here three years before he managed to bring my mum over, and mm. I was born at some point after that. You know, I was born into a Hindu background, so both my parents uh, were Hindus. Um, they're no longer alive, that's why I said they were. Uh, you know, so yeah, so that, that's the background really. I grew up in Wolves, went away to uni, trained to be a teacher, um, and here I am now. Awesome, awesome. So, first of all, like you said, um, your family are Hindu. Um, so, yeah, just tell us a little bit, first of all, of how that was growing up. What was it like? Uh, it was interesting then um, because it was almost a bolt on to, to what we did. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, my mum was the, the one that prayed religiously every day. She had a little shrine in the room. She'd mm-hmm. light up her, her incense sticks and she'd pray, you know, um, through a routine that she had, you know, for about 15 minutes every day. My dad was, you know, was okay. Every now and then they'd go to the temple and I'd get dragged along as well to go and sit there. It was boring, right? Nice. You know, it was interesting. You had all the women sat on one side, all the men sat on the side, and I not really got a clue what was going on, but I got dragged to some of those things as well. Wow, cool. So, yeah, like you said, Hindi family, when you became a Christian, first of all, how, how did that happen? All right. Uh, this was interesting, really, because there's probably three parts to it, right, that I can remember searching my memory. The first part is I can always remember when I was probably about four, five, and we lived in, right near the city walls, and um, there used to be this lady who was, and I remember her being in a chauffeur-driven car. Mm-hmm. She used to come and pick up me, my, my sisters, my brother, and take us to uh, the local church in Wolves, um, where we used to go to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some mornings, if I slept in on Sunday morning, I didn't get to go, and I, wouldn't, I can remember really being disappointed. Yeah. So that's my first little memory of, of going to church and hearing about it. Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, and that, once that stopped, I, you know, just knocking around the streets with my mates, and then actually what happened was that uh, when I was about uh, nine or ten, uh, one of my friends used to go to Sunday school, and he told his mum, do you want to go anymore? I want to be hanging around in the streets playing with my mates, me and, you know, me and a few others. Yeah. His mum being quite wise, turned around and said, well, I'll tell you what, um, she invited all of us to go with him to Sunday school, and uh, my parents agreed, and, and I went with him, and... And really, I started going, and I went for several years, and really got interested in what was being taught. Uh, we used to go on camp, you know, in the summer, and it was there when I learned a lot more about who Jesus was, I think, that, that I really became a Christian. Yeah. Um, I had some years, not long after that, where I was repentant from going to church, so in one sense, I, I lost my faith. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I was getting ready to go to university, so what I wanted to do. I can remember I, I was desperate to go to uni, because I was desperate to get away from home. Yeah. Um, and um, I remember making a pact with God. I said, Lord, if you help me to, you know, God, if you help me to get to university, I'll start going back to church. And, uh, you know, I, I studied hard. I got the grades I need to go to, to uni. And as soon as I got there, I wanted to, to you know, to, to go back on my deal. I was there now looking out and thinking, God, I'll just do what I wanted. And uh, what was really quite amazing was that a, a friend there, a lad called Tim, who, um, he was a Christian. He was the only Christian on my course. Mm-hmm. Right? In fact, he was probably one of the only 
uh, few Christians, you know, the whole of the, the, the uni we were at. Yeah. And he's the one that dragged me back, basically. So what was interesting was that on the rate stickers, in that first year, we did everything in pairs. So the top two pairs in the register did stuff. Me and him were paired together. Yeah. Right? And so we became good friends. And it was really through his faith and through his talking to me that really got me um, focused back on, on the faith of, of my youth, so to speak. Oh, wow. Really cool. Awesome. Mm. So, like you said, then you became a Christian when you went away to university. Yeah. Kind of recommitted, reignited uh, that. Uh, so, like you said, you were you obviously based in a Hindu family, right. raised. When you became a Christian, um, what was that shift like? How did they react? What was the kind of uh, a feel after you announced to them that this was the way you were deciding um, to live your life? Good question. Um, really, in one sense, it didn't make a huge amount of difference. My brother mm. tested me because yeah. I'd become a Christian now. I was supposed to be this, you know do good yeah, yeah, yeah. so he tried to get me to do all sorts of errands and said if you're a christian go get me this go do that for me go do that for me yeah um but you know for, for me for my parents for my mum my dad didn't say much but my mum was uh you know it was she was sort of quite open to it and happy because actually in one sense hinduism sort of embraces quite a few gods right yeah, so yeah. i think they were more happy that I, I, I got some sort of faith and i was doing something i'm not sure whether they thought it would last the for too long, yeah. Um, but they, you know, they weren't too fussed about it, mm. and it really towards the, you know, as I as I went through the years, my mum became more and more interested in it. So me and her used to have some conversations. She'd sit down, she'd chat to me about my faith and what I believed, uh, you know, and and, and uh, yeah. So, so that was quite good. My sisters, brothers, and sisters, they didn't, you know, they, they there was nothing too much because you know I went to church and actually once I'd gone to university, I'd moved away from home. Yeah. So it didn't become too much of an issue because I wasn't there all the time at home. I was living away. Yeah. Oh, cool. So then uh, you said like with the Hindu culture, um, so I know that they do things differently as far as weddings are concerned. Mm-hmm. And obviously you ended up, like you say, moving to Bedford to get married. Yeah. Uh, married mum, obviously. Um, they are obviously, um, they go war for the arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would it? how did that come across when you told them or you announced that you were going to be Marrying, you know, with your own decisions. Oh, like, oh, oh my word! Well, you need to remember, we're going back, you know, thirty odd years. Yeah. Here, all right. So if you go back thirty odd years, now, so I need to say, so I'm the youngest of six. Yeah. All my four sisters and my brother are married by arranged marriages. Mm. I'm the only one that isn't. Okay. My four sisters didn't even meet their husbands until the wedding day. So wow. just imagine that. Yeah. That was something they were trying to arrange for me. Okay. Uh, to just to fit in with the culture, but there's no way I, I was gonna. You know, go for that, and I, you know, every time my mum approached the the issue, she'd ring me up, and she'd cry on the phone trying to use some emotional blackmail. But I said, no, no way, I wasn't going to do it. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, she'd you know, sometimes you know use these all, um, you know, sort of the, the family line, and you know, know how she did all this for me. But you know, when I was a kid, no, I wasn't having it. Yeah, so it wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen. Wow. So, like I said, after that, moving on, so you got married, you yeah. moved to Bedford, uh, you became a teacher. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit, kind of, how was that? How did your faith kind of um, work as you were teaching? So, as, as a teacher, how did you feel that you were called to almost like, influence the area that you were in? Okay, all right. All right so, so um, I've, you know, I always, always wanted to be a TP teacher. All right? So, yeah. you know, I trained for it. I loved doing the job. Mm. So, really, for, for me, it was about, actually, look, you know, how does my faith relate to work? Okay. Yeah. And um, and I wanted that to be, uh, you know, something that spoke for itself without me having to, to use too many words. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, for me, it was about how I treated people. You know, it's about 
how I treated the students and how I treated the staff. And it was about, you know, the example I set in some of the decisions I made, you know, you know whether, you know, did I stand up for the minute you know, for what was right or, you know, did I turn a blind eye to it or did I, you know, turn and say, well, that's not right, that shouldn't be happening, you know, and this should be happening, particularly in terms of dealing with some of the students who was concerned. Now, and I always like to think that actually, one of the things I, I try to do, even though I was a little bit of a disciplinarian, was that trying to show some compassion at times. Mm. You know, I'd like to, I think that probably, you know, one of the, the best ways my faith really showed was, it, yeah, I, particularly when I was ahead of year, I'd deal with sort of discipline issues and I could pick somebody up and have a go and that, you know, I'd sit them down and 10 minutes later, I'd like to think I had conversations with them about, you know, what was really troubling them, why they behaved the way that they did. Can I try and help them to see you know, how their behaviour has affected others. Yeah. You know, you know, so I think in that way, that was really important. Mm -hmm. um, but there were other ways as well, you know, that, you know, um, both me and Lisa got involved with uh, helping uh, an orphanage out in South Africa called Miracle House. And it, it, even in itself, that, that, that's quite, a, you know, a miraculous story. Yeah. So can I, let's go into that a little bit okay. more then. So if you could just tell us, first of all, what is Miracle House? How did you guys both come across it? And... Uh, yeah, but how did that affect the, the coming years after that, from the, from the first moment you came uh, until the last, the last most right, recent time okay. you went? Yeah. All right, so, you know, having been married, okay, obviously the one thing I didn't mention earlier was that, you know, marrying Lisa was, you know, the, one of the main reasons was, obviously, of course I loved her, all right, that goes yeah, we, same, we'd hope so, yeah. The fact that she was a Christian, and actually one of the reasons I refused my mum and dad's arranged marriages was they were trying to, Fix me up and get me married to a Hindu girl. Yeah, I wasn't gonna have that. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and so, so what was it? We both, you know, we've been married. We've been uh, teaching for for a few years, and we both felt, you know, we wanted to do something. We wanted to be involved with some sort of project, mm -hmm. you know, that had some sort of you know faith based to it. Yeah, and um, both, I can remember both of us praying about that. And then what happened was that uh, uh, we went away to South Africa one summer when um, your mom's brother was working there. Yeah, and then. Um, you know, before we went, we prayed for an opportunity that there'd be some purpose to it. We met this guy just before we went working, um, when we were working at this camp. And he said, oh, he said, uh, he said uh, funny you're going out there. He said, I know a young uh, Englishman that works out in uh, South Africa. Mm. And, um, you know, he works in an orphanage. So, lo and behold, you know, we went to visit him when we were out there. Wow. And uh, we were just blown away by what mm. we saw. When we came back, we really felt we wanted to support this bloke in what he was doing in the in the charity work that he was doing so yeah uh, to cut a long story short we did some fundraising at school we raised you know we raised about two thousand pounds on a, a, a 24-hour sports event yeah and uh, we donated to this charity because it was an english-based charity yeah and this young lad that we met out in south africa he'd given this money to a bloke uh, um, uh, it, that ran a orphanage called miracle house and that yeah. was based in the middle of nowhere in South Africa. Mm. And uh, what was amazing was this, that uh, he sent me an email. So I got this email, which I still got it somewhere upstairs. And then, um, and what he basically said was this, this, this orphanage was called Miracle House in a place called Oval North, middle of nowhere. Yeah. Run by Andy and Rose Freaks. Okay. Yeah. And, and they had no support, nothing. They were just doing it by faith. Both of these two, both these people are Christians and they ran this by faith. Wow. Okay. And, I read this email, I couldn't even believe this email, right? Because um, Andy had written, he said, look, he said he was there back at the orphanage looking after all these kids and they got no money, nothing, and he felt almost quite alone. And he, and he, he could remember crying out to God. 
and, and saying, look, you know, Lord, you know, you know, how do you cope with all this with no money or anything? Yeah. And then, and he really felt that he, he felt that God had spoken to him then, there and then, and said to him, don't worry. He said that, you know, I've not forgotten you. Mm. And within him sort of feeling that, with, within two hours, he got a phone call to say that the school in, in England had, had donated him this money. Amazing. And that's how our friendship stu- yeah. struck up. We sent the emails and then he advised us to go over. Mm. So we took uh, probably about six, seven groups of students and staff uh, from, from school to, to South Africa to go and paint and decorate the place, yeah. to uh, play with the kids, to, you know, to, you know, to develop friendships and relationships with the kids. And it's probably the most amazing thing that I've ever been involved with you yeah. know, from a teaching point of view. Really amazing because we used to take these middle class kids from Leafy, Bedfordshire, North Bedfordshire, take yeah. them out into the middle of nowhere, you know, with these street kids, um, you know, which is taking them into the township to show them what it's like, and it had yeah. a huge impact on them. Um, we actually took them to church on a Sunday morning as well, it would just blow their minds as well. Yeah. And um, it was interesting because when we came back, I mean, I, I can probably name so many people now, you know, that, that whose lives were greatly impacted by what they experienced while, while they were out there. Yeah. We had, one girl that you know who turned around and said that she became a doctor as a result of the experience in South Africa. Wow, there was a, another young man that um changed his university course. You know, he, he was great into art and he went off and did third world studies. Mm. Uh, another girl, um, who actually went to Cambridge, you know, got a, a degree there. In, in the world was royce, she became a social worker working in deprived areas in London. And she, and I can remember chatting to her so many years later, say to me. Her decision to do that was as, as a direct impact of her visit to, to Miracle House in South Africa. Wow. So yeah, it was great. It was really good. Yeah, I know the. I know obviously I've been with yeah, you yeah, quite yeah. a few times, and it's just been uh, an amazing opportunity and an amazing experience that um, not only has impacted us as a family, but like you say, with the with the with the students that we took over as well, and the families that were involved as well that we were able to visit. If I could ask you, just as far as that story goes, one. Do you have another story where there was just an amazing time where God just provided or God just broke in while you guys were out there in Miracle House? If you could just name, I mean, oh my word, story. you know, I suppose I could, I could name quite a few, but yeah. um, any of that just come to mind? Uh, let, let me give you two, two little stories. Yeah. This, this is all probably linked around the, the first trip that we had, mm. and um, this was in uh, 1999, I think it was 1999, yeah. right? That was the first trip that we, we, we took out. Mm. Um, we got the permission to go, and it was quite late in the academic year. So yeah. you just realised we were going out in July. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got permission late, and we didn't. I, I don't think we actually started organising until about uh, February, March, and time to actually start to go. So we got something like five, four or five months to, to go. Yeah. And we wanted to raise some money before we went. And as the weeks were rolling on, you know, we only, we only got about five weeks left before we were going out, and we got hardly any money raised. Mm. And I can remember praying, you know, you know. You know, we need to try and raise as much money so we can buy the paints and the materials and all the things we want to do out there. Yeah. And I specifically remember God sort of speaking to me in my heart and saying, you know, he said, don't worry, he said, the money will come in, it'll come in late, but it'll come in. And um, and I can remember that uh, we managed to raise, believe it or not, in that period of time, we raised £10,000 wow. that we took out with us. And that was in that that was miraculous in itself. Yeah. And the majority of that came in the last two weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, the other one was that uh, your mum decided well, what she wanted to do was to, to try and um, put a message out to all the, the, the middle school, the feeder schools, yeah. and say, right, anybody got any old football shirts they don't want anymore, we'll, we'll take those and we'll mm-hmm. give those to the kids. And then I can remember the first night we were there at Miracle House, we 
uh, you know, we start to give out or should I say your mum starts to give out these football shirts, these, uh, these football shirts to the kids. And as they came in, she'd be measured up for size, given mm. to them. And, you know, you know, people might think this is a coincidence, but, you know, I, I prefer not, not to think of it yeah. like that. But we had one shirt for every kid and all the shirts fitted. Wow. We didn't have one left over. We didn't have, we weren't one short. We had one kid. We didn't even know the number of kids that were there. We had one shirt for every kid and all the shirts fitted. So wow. I thought, you know, even that in itself was just amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Awesome. So one kind of uh, just leading on from that as well, obviously um, you're now retired from, yeah. from the work uh, kind of uh, environment. So what do you feel now that you've got the, the opportunity to do or what has God kind of revealed to you more uh, recently, just in the last couple of weeks and months and maybe over these last 12 months? What is it now that you feel the church is being called to and that you almost want to want to do yourself and go into a little bit more, if that makes sense? Wow, yeah, another really, a really yeah, good quite, question. Yeah, right, quite a, really a big question, question yeah. I know, yeah. Um, you know, I think, first of all, for me, it's not retirement, mm. right? You know, again, Lisa could turn around and say, you're not retiring, you're refiling. And, mm. and absolutely, yeah, she's absolutely right in that. that yeah. Actually, my life's not over in terms of, you know, uh, the impact I can have with people, right? Yeah. So, uh, so what I am looking to do now, I'm actually looking to, to see where God would want me to go, uh, you know, more so in whatever he wants me to do than I have been in, involved in, in stuff before. Mm. You know, and actually the, the first 12 months have been really interesting because all of a sudden now I've had time to really develop my relationship with God and actually this yeah. national, so this, this worldwide pandemic has helped because you've had to be at home. Mm. You know, and, and I would probably say that I've probably developed a much deeper relationship in my faith now than I've ever had before. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's the difference between, you know, we talked about my Hindu background before, yeah. you know, between Hinduism and you know my Christianity, that my Hinduism was just, you know, was just something that was a bolt on to, to the family, yeah. and it was it wasn't real. Mm. In fact, it just wasn't real. Just something that my mum and dad did, and you know, every, every now and then. But actually, you know, my faith is really real because actually, Christianity. You know, one of the main points of Christianity is that you can have a a relationship with this living God. Yeah, you know, and, and Jesus is real, mm. right? And actually, one of the things I've I've discovered is that my relationship with Him has deepened. You know, even more so yeah. in the year I've been out, and, and and actually, it's a shame that I almost feel that you know what I'm experiencing this now. I wish I'd experienced that you know years ago when yeah. I was younger. Um, but definitely. that's it, it's it's definitely got deeper, and I, and I do think that God's calling me to to do more, yeah, right? to get involved in more. So already now that you know I've I've volunteered at a couple of other places, but I should have gone to to Africa earlier on this year because I was invited to go out to and do some speaking there. I know. I've still got connections with Adrian Rose in South Africa. They've yeah. invited us out to go out there and help him. So I'm looking for all that to come to fruition at some point. Yeah. Right. Uh, when this uh, when this pandemic's yeah. over, but in the, in the meantime, I'm just trying to do what I can to you know to, to meet with people, to encourage them, to help people you know as often as I can. Definitely, and I know that obviously you mentioned Adrian Rose again. They obviously ended up coming over here. Yeah. Um, a, few, a few years back mm -hmm. and working at um, All Nations, so the All Nations family will be. Uh, familiar with who they are but that story always just strikes me as amazing because in 1999 like you said you took your first trip out there and what 10 15 years later they end up actually yeah, right. you know moving over becoming a part of the staff team mm -hmm. here at all nations and then obviously feeling like they were called back but without your obedience in the first place and your own mum's kind of desire and mm -hmm. hunger to do something uh, god wouldn't have been well, he would have done it, but he was able to use you and to involve you yeah. just because yeah. of your willingness to yeah. get involved. 
you know, and that's so interesting because actually, sometimes you don't see that until you mm. you you're at the end of, the, of a situation and then yeah. you look back, mm. right? And sometimes you're thinking, what's going on here? What's going on there? You, you feel you're you know you're walking through life and there's no real impact, and then you you you, you stop and you turn around, and you look back, and you can see God's hand in various things, and you're right. Mm. Now, from the moment that you know we raise that money to to have that email, to have the invitation, to yeah. have this friendship. You know, for them coming over, you know, God's hand has been in all of that all the way through. You mm-hmm. know, it's not a coincidence. You know, yeah. there's a, you know, there's been a plan and a purpose that He's had in all that, and it's been, you know, both mine and your mum's privilege to to be a part of that journey. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much for uh, for coming no, on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Thanks for having me. It's been, yeah, great. Of course. So, all nations, family. Whoever you are tuning in, wherever you are tuning in, thank you so much for watching the first episode of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Feel free to follow us on Facebook, All Nations Church Bedford, and the same for Instagram as well. And look out for our podcasts coming in the future. Stay safe.